0: Today on the Topic Show, Bud Light workers are upset that the company didn't quote-unquote stick with Dylan Mulvaney. UAW President Sean Fain, September 22nd live stream only with my charming personality and no censorship. Vivek on shutting down the Department of Education gets near half a million views in seven hours. Vivek on Biden's trip to the UAW strike. Biden and Trump both on schedule to go visit the UAW strike. Rumble rejects demands for the UK government to demonetize Russell Brand. Bud Light employees admit censorship and it's even more widespread than we previously thought. Bud Light tweet... Censors a man for just taking Yelling out of the fridge. Microsoft on track for regulatory agencies to greenlight the purchase of Activision. UPS to target quote-unquote porch pirates. Amazon will run ads on their Prime videos. McDonald's to raise franchise rates for the first time in 30 years. And Costco recalls about 50,000 mattresses. All that and much more on The Topping Show. Thank you for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's the joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, we're still giving away a free flamethrower with every September purchase. Go to toppingtechnologies.com to learn a little bit more. And of course, you can mount it to an AR15 like all awesome accessories should be able to. Lastly, try and get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of September so you can click that button and tell your friends. I would greatly appreciate it. Now going over to the Business part Podcast, you have Microsoft on track for regulatory agencies to get the green light to purchase Activision. Now this is an astonishing green light if they truly get it since Activision in and of itself is huge, not only since their days of developing awesome games on the Atari 62600 I can't help but reminisce, um, I believe River Raid was one of my favorite ones growing up. And of course, everyone knows Cliche, the Pitfall game. There are many good games, and they're only slightly better today with photorealistic types of graphics. But nevertheless, Activision grew so much, they actually bought Blizzard, which was one of the largest video game companies in and of itself, best known for the live-action game called World of Warcraft. Kidding, I know it's Craft. But no affiliation with the craft Cheese Company. I did check that. That is surely a lost business opportunity. Could have gotten away maybe a free pack of cheese with every orc purchase or whatever you purchase in that little game. Nevertheless, it looks like the latest stumble came from UK regulatory commissions. The, the US actually greenlit it months ago. Now, Microsoft originally offered $69 billion to purchase Activision Blizzard. Which, I don't know if that was just a nerdy inside joke because it's Cause of the number interesting I, i'd love to know the analysis of how they really got there nevertheless it looks like the competition and markets authority which i'll give them a b plus that's the name of the regulatory agency over in the uk at least you know what the hell they do nevertheless back to the it says the competition and marketing authority rather the markets authority announced last friday that their latest concessions by microsoft quote opens the door to the deal being cleared now, in the reviewed offer, Microsoft vowed to sell some of the cloud streaming rights and current and future Activision games to France's company, Ubisoft Entertainment. Now, they say that Friday's news represents, quote, a turnaround for the deal that was once thought over as it had some challenges with the US-based FTC as well as the SEC, but those were actually cleared earlier this year. So let me know in the comments, it seems like the deal is about to go through And I can't help but wonder how many video game companies are going to be left, or in this case, developers and publishers. Got now Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo. I mean, a lot of the indie game developers throughout the years have all been been gobbled up. I mean, anecdotally speaking, one of my favorite ones growing up was Rare, which I think most people would probably know in terms of nostalgia of Nintendo 64. They made GoldenEye, which... I would argue it's probably the best game for the video game system. A debate in the comments section would be had for sure. But they'd also probably be known for Banjo-Kazooie, and I believe also Conker's Bad Fur Day. All huge hits on Nintendo 64, and of course they made Perfect Dark, actually is done a good one as well. And Microsoft bought them out a couple years ago, so... I don't know, I guess you do have Epic Games, you have Gearbox... There, there are a couple, but I can't help but notice more and more of them getting gobbled up by Microsoft. Seems like not a bad business idea. Just to start a video game company, it seems like they'll buy you out in a couple fiscal quarters. I'm only moderately joking. Other interesting business use, you have UPS to target porch pirates using AI. Now, it looks like about 260 million packages were stolen from porches last year, up from 210 million in 2021, this by the home security consultant SafeWise and they noted that about 79% of Americans were affected in 2022. Now, UPS claims they're going to be using a technology called Delivery Defense, which uses, quote, historic data and machine learning algorithms to assign each location a delivery confidence score so that a company can recommend customers pick up packages at the store if their home addresses might be a common target from the past. Although perhaps this belongs in the Culture Podcast, I can't help but think. Sounds like they're just putting a band-aid on the issue and not really solving the... They're putting a band-aid on the symptom, not solving the issue. The issue is, why is crime so ridiculously rampant in the United States these days? Well, it could be because district attorneys actually don't prosecute crime anymore, thanks to people who like them. That's a big deal. And then stores don't prosecute it. So, I think you need more of a culture shift. Again, I guess this would just be more inconvenience for the customer in terms of They now imagine if you get packages stolen, you're going to be forced to go somewhere to pick it up, which kind of defeats the purpose of buying stuff online. The convenience is it comes to you. I mean, that was one of the biggest drivers of e-commerce, the convenience factor. And now they're going to be using this AI. I suppose the vendors will appreciate it because depending on what insurance policies they have on the packages, sometimes they're, as the French might say, shit out of luck. So it'd be interesting to see who truly benefits from this the most is it the end users is it the vendors is it ups themselves for sure it kind of depends on the policies you you're choosing for the insurances but yeah it seems like they're just trying to put a band-aid on the issue again a well uh it's a nice way of saying this still still hard to beat the second amendment but that's just me because i'm american other interesting business use you have amazon will run ads on prime video and movies Not to brag, but I am part of the 1% of Americans who do not have Amazon Prime. I like to think of it as my version of the lottery, only you actually get something, unlike statistically speaking, the lottery, where you're never gonna win anything. But you never know. Why pay for the shipping, or for the overnight delivery shipping, when you just do the free shipping? It might, you don't know when it's gonna come. It's almost like a mystery in and of itself. Sometimes you get lucky. I get packages sometimes in infrequent times I do order stuff from Amazon. In a, maybe a, a day or two, I mean, a great life hack. Sometimes you can get it in a day, just logistics happenstance. But then other times it might take two weeks. You never really know. I highly recommend this over paying for Amazon Prime, since I really don't see the benefit of getting Amazon Prime. Since again, most of the things on Amazon they're not necessities. It's just kind of fluff you don't need in life. They have some good books. I'll give them that. But nevertheless, it looks like now they have extra advertisements, which again, takes away some of the benefit of Prime. And it's one of those things where every time I tell my friends, and duly and speaking, pretty much, they've all acquiesced and bent the need to buy Amazon Prime. They claim it's so convenient, they have to have their stuff, their knickknacks and boondoggles within 24 hours. And I always say, eh, eh really? Probably not. But nevertheless, another thing they really emphasize when people are telling me why I, I need to get Amazon Prime is I must get it because it has their fancy prime tv and prime movies which again i would ask my rebuttal is usually how does that make me any more how does that make me smarter how does it make me more productive has increased the business efficiencies but nevertheless let me know in the comments if you have a true argument why i should buy prime the debate is ongoing i've not heard a single coherent argument yet now Going back to the actual news in terms of amazon prime they're going to charge now you're going to put the ads in there but of course you can get rid of them what's going to cost you on top of the over 100 dollars you're spending a year for amazon prime it looks like it's going to cost 299 per month which marketing is yeah it's pretty smart because in all reality people here 299 they think it's under three dollars where most states the united states in terms of the taxes well there's a lot but in terms of the sales taxes it's anywhere from like six to uh, I want to say six to eleven percent. So let's just round up to ten percent. That's going to be about three dollars thirty cents, give or take. So again, it sounds like it's under three dollars, but gotta jack up that price because Uncle Sam needs more money. So we, can, even though we're thirty-three, $33 trillion dollars in debt these days, they still want more for some reasons. Now Amazon claims that they're going to have limited advertisements and they'll be aired during shows and movies starting early next year, so that it can keep. And this is a quote from them continuing investing in compelling content and keep increasing that investment over a long period of time, unquote, which is a nice way of saying they're not making enough money off of you. So they need to increase that rate. Otherwise they are going to start losing money and Jeff Bezos will not have that. Even though he's acquiesced from being a leader at the company, the Amazon's not going to stand for that because again, you don't want to go into the negative and yeah, it's not part of the business plan. Now, I don't think, in terms of how many people will drop your Amazon Prime, I don't think this will realistically take away from their growth rate, or most people probably won't even tell because they're just gonna add it to the bill. And they'll just say, yeah, I'll just click an extra box. I'll I'll take that extra $3.30 and I'll just add it on. And it'll be interesting to see, but I highly doubt it'll affect their sales. Other competing streaming services, they're all jacking up their prices. Because again, overwhelming majority of streaming companies they're all this money. They're all going into the red. I mean, it looks like Disney's going to increase their price to $13.99 a month for their ad-free version of Disney+. Plus. So that's going to be coming mid-October. And it looks like 75 more, what was that? 75% more than the advertiser advertised support service. Netflix already charges $15.49 per month for its ad-free plan. And that looks like it's more than twice the monthly subscription for Netflix with ads. So it looks like the trend's not gonna be turning around anytime soon because a lot of these companies they're building on their platforms on AWS. So instead of having their stream platform on their own computers in a data center, they're just putting in the cloud, which I rudimentally I usually just kind of joke there's no such thing as a cloud, it's just someone else's computer. Because it's true. You're you're renting a piece of that computer, simply put. And the rates that it costs to actually host it there, they're going up all the time. So inevitably they're passing that cost on to the consumer because they just need to someday make a profit. And in theory, they shall someday. Although with Disney Plus, I'm pretty skeptical, to say the least. Other interesting business news, you have McDonald's to raise their franchise rates for the first time in about 30 years. Which is incredible. Now this is thanks to a letter that was actually acquired by Reuters. And they said that the fees are being hiked from, to 5% from 4% starting January 1st, and it will not affect franchises that are looking to rebuild or renovate existing locations or transfer an outlet to another party. Now, it also said that the moves comes as the restaurant chain sees slowing revenue growth for the rest of the year, as signs of easing inflation prompt it to lower many prices, which, yeah, that makes sense. It's one of those things where, I think I've said this before, when it comes to prices at certain price contrasts, products, and restaurants like McDonald's, you really, there's certain thresholds you just cannot pass just given the nature of the business. It's a entry-level food entertainment. I was going to say entertainment. They got rid of the ball pits years ago, unfortunately. But when it comes to the food at McDonald's, after, I don't know, let's say two to three bucks, it just doesn't make sense. And granted, my anecdotal evidence is from the 90s. I haven't been there in decades. But... It's one of those things where people only willing to pay so much before they either just say, well, this cost makes no sense, I'll just make the food at home. Or more realistically, they'll just go to another restaurant that's cheaper than McDonald's. Which, it's hard to fathom since that's kind of the thing that McDonald's is known for. It's known for being quick and, depending on how you want to frame it, either affordable or the cheapest. Use the term whatever suits you best. But it looks like they also know that the fa- McDonald's operates around 13400 stores across the united states about 95 percent of them are operated by franchisees as of december 31st making up nearly 30 percent of the company's total revenue in 2022. they also noted that average cash flows for these u.s franchisees has grown more than 35 percent over the past five years now cash flow is great but more importantly is what's the profit because that's how they make a living and also again 40-year hyperinflation everyone's raising prices so of course it's one of those issues where yeah there's more cash flow, more revenue, but can these owner operators actually make a living? Or are they going to debt just trying to keep the lights on? Because you can only you can do that for a little bit, but long term it has to be sustainable. They're not the U.S. government, which again has thirty-three trillion dollars in debt, and in theory they'll pay it off somehow someday. The idea is to say I'm uh, I would not place a bet on that. Because I don't think the odds are good that will actually happen. But that's just me. Now going on to the culture part of the podcast, you have Bud Light workers calling leadership cowards because they did not quote-unquote stick with Dylan Mulvaney even after they've lost 30% of their sales. So these people are mentally vacuous, perhaps? Or they just, more accurately, they just don't care about profits or, you know being in business. They actually are calling leadership cowards. Cowards, really? Because they didn't stick with Dylan Mulvaney. Now, for those who have lived under a rock or maybe in Iowa, kidding, I'm from, I I live there, don't worry folks. But all realistic, a little summary of the situation, Bud Light thought it'd be a good idea. Again, they were the best selling beer for about 20 years in the United States. And they thought, we're gonna use this gal, Alyssa Heiderschild, VP of marketing, She is very, very happy to be the very first female marketing lead at the company she put on her LinkedIn. She's no longer on LinkedIn interestingly enough, but she thought, what's a good idea? Let's hire someone who, this person's average audience is 15 years old. Let's choose this person as our brand ambassador. This person who is a biological male and is celebrating days of girlhood, I believe. And every day this person would do something pejoratively stereotypical, uh, stereotypical, well, I'll say that 12 times in a row, stereotypical about women, such as wearing high heels and prancing through the forest, which I did ask the female members of my family, that is in fact not something that women do. Now, they gave this person a custom Bud Light can, which, interestingly enough, in terms of value, that's one of the most important pieces of marketing history in terms of the business blunder of the century. They gave this person that can, and the boycott began. and Bud Light, they were between a rock and hard place, although they put themselves there, admittedly, because if they were to stick with this person, quote-unquote, the boycott would have increased. So they were very political in terms of they did nothing, which is the sign of most politicians. So the CEO, clumsily, but actually I was like, it's not clumsy, he's very strategic, he's a former CIA asset. He actually just said nothing in terms of a politician. They'd be going to and They'd ask him, "Oh yeah, do you think this is a good idea? I mean, what do you think? Would you do it again?" He didn't even rule out the CEO of Anheuser-Busch Bud Light. He didn't rule out that they wouldn't hire Dylan again. Really? In one fiscal quarter, they lost four hundred million dollars compared to the same fiscal quarter last year. That was fiscal quarter two, and the sales are continuing to go down. Every week, it's between twenty-seven and thirty percent less sales compared to the same fiscal weeks last year. And I suspect that Delta in sales is going to get worse and worse throughout the sports ball season. Because traditionally speaking, that's when people buy the most booze. Because, I mean, well, there's certain sports I, I can't fathom people actually enjoy sober. But nevertheless, people buy a lot of beer during the sports ball season. And they're doing all these advertising campaigns. Needless to say, I think there's just going to be a waste of marketing dollars. But nevertheless... That's a little summary of the situation. They lost about 30% of their sales, about 28 billion dollars in stock valuation as people sold off their stock, and yet it looks like these former Bud Light workers are accusing them of cowardice, and they're saying, "Oh yeah, you know this is it's ridiculous. It's like um, actually they expressed that they wished the management had stuck to their guns and told the world to get over it rather than reeling at the mistake." And I can't fathom these people, I don't know if they just don't realize how to, to run a business. And they're even, some of them are even claiming that Alyssa Heiderschild, who was a marketing VP, who was blamed for the disaster, had nothing to do with it. Which is hilarious to think that some people are saying, oh yeah, the CEO didn't know, this marketing VP didn't know now, no no one knew. And in fact, in the beginning, they actually blamed an outsider marketing company. Which again, I don't think anyone believes for a New York minute, because when it comes to white beers, I would say most people say they taste about the same. You see the same thing with Pepsi and Coke. What is it? Corn syrup in a can? The biggest thing that pushes their sales is ridiculous levels of marketing. That's why Coca-Cola and Pepsi, they don't spend millions. They spend over like a billion dollars a year in marketing to get their logos out there so you remember them. It's one of those things where it's one of the most dependent industries on marketing. It has to be in front of the consumer, reminding them and basically bashing them over the head, saying, Don't forget about our brand. So if the main thing about your company is marketing, would you hand that over without a lot of oversight? Would you have commercials without would you have commercials and brand ambassadors without multiple people signing off on it? Does that make any sense to you? That makes zero sense to me. Of course not. There's no way this is a rogue employee. goes, oh yeah, Dylan Mulvaney. We're, that's our person. Here, here, have this custom can that we made for you. No, that took multiple layers of approval, I am sure. Though the CEO has been, I mean, he's pretty good in terms of advocating responsibility. He still has a job. They, fire, they did fire some people in the marketing department. I suspect these are some of those folks. But... Yeah, he's fine. Mr. Brandon Wentworth is just chilling. I was about to say having a good time drinking Bud Light, but let's be honest, how many people actually enjoy drinking Bud Light over the age of 23? I would say few and far in between. Now, it looks like the company said that its total U.S. market share for brands had fell more than 5% to 36.9% in April, and it's just gone precipitously more and more and more. And it's one of those things where they're very fortunate. Their brand, their portfolio is so diverse. They have like 50... No, well, they had... Actually, this business blunder has done so bad, they actually had to sell some of their brands off. So they used to have, I believe, 54 brands of beer under their belt. But then they had to sell back. They sold off seven craft brewing companies and then one more independent brewing company. So they might be down to 43 brands or something like that, give or take. And a lot of Americans don't realize how many brands they truly own. So there might be a lot of people that are Boycotting Bud Light, and they're buying this other product. I think mean, er- everyone knows Bud Light, Budweiser, same company. It, it makes pretty sen- pretty good sense. But very few people know Michelob Ultra, same company. Coors, same, co- same company. Now, interestingly enough, a little nuance: Modelo globally is owned by Anheuser Busch InBev, but the United States, a contingency from the Securities Exchange Commission or the SEC of the joining of the companies Bev and Anheuser-Busch, they told them they had to actually spin off Modelo in the US. So in the US, Constellation Brands owns Modelo, which more power to the people supporting the boycott. That's now the number one selling beer in North America, which again, it's owned by Constellation Brands, which I believe is headquartered out of New York. So it's one of those fascinating things where the boycott's definitely working. Now the specific brand in their portfolio, Bud Light, that's feeling the biggest hit in terms of the negative sales. Again, that's the one that's about 27 to 30% less every week than Budweiser. That one's coming in about 10 to 12% lower sales every week. And the other brands, they're single digits decreasing. And I suspect some are even none at all. So it will be interesting to see, and thankfully there's some fun little comments here from the Daily Mail article. So someone by the name of Les Paul, Fair to say he probably plays the guitar a little bit. This person said, sales don't lie. Liars lie. That's, an apt, that's a very apt observation. I would, I would tend to agree. Liars do lie. That makes sense. Now, he also said, all, the empl- all those employees who say the company should support Dylan after the billions of lost revenue should be fired, let their wages help restore the company somewhat, unquote. That person got 328 likes and two down likes or down votes. Although, interestingly enough, I don't think it's an issue of money. They're spending more money than ever on marketing this year. Which they admit they're doing it just to try to make up for the sales that they've lost. But again, I always compare this to a bad relationship where the husband and wife messes up. And they just come home with flowers or jewelry. Or what, what would women buy a guy? A new tie or something else disappointing. But all realistic Reality. They're just bringing back a gift. They're not actually saying what they did was wrong or they're not addressing the situation that brought them to that moment. Same thing with Bud Light. They're just saying nothing. So I suspect even if they were to spend more money, they'd have about the same results in terms of lost sales. Let me see here. We've got a couple other interesting ones saying. Uh, let's see. Another one saying by the name of BK Sargent, quote." this is why they work for the company and don't run it, unquote. Got 157 likes and three down likes or down votes. has to say, I, I don't think it would have been good or I don't think it would have been profitable for them to stick with Dylan because then the boycott would increase. And the boycott actually did increase a little bit because they are not sticking with Dylan, the left side of the political house is become a political issue. The LGBT community, they actually started to drop Bud Light from their bars specifically because they did not quote unquote stick with Dylan. So if you look at Bud Light's marketing, they're spending a lot of money on even, for about 30 years they've done LGBT sponsored parades. This year, even more so, they're actually increasing their public funding or I say public funding, their sponsorships of drag shows for children. So, all-ages drag shows. Although, many would argue there's no such thing as all-ages appropriate drag shows, very similar to saying an all-ages appropriate strip club. Yeah, exactly. There's no such logic in that thought, because it's not a thing. It's not possible. But, nevertheless, they're actually spending a lot of money to be the premier sponsor for a lot of those drag shows. So, their logo is the biggest at the show, in an attempt, I believe, to win back that part of the sales that they've lost, perhaps. Now, I don't I would suspect that would also have them lose the same percentage of sales of folks who are more politically on the right. But let me know in the comments. Do you think that sales strategy will pay off? And were they? do you think they were cowards for not sticking by Dylan? It'll be interesting to see, but yeah, I would say that look for Bud Light is still not good, as Magic 8-Ball might say. Other interesting cultural news: You have Rumble rejects demands from the UK government to demonetize Russell Brand. Yet another reason to like and use Rumble, and I have actually started to upload the show there. I there's a resource allocation management. I'm trying to see if I can find, make the time to actually upload the clips or the highlights of the show. Right now, every uh, weekday, I'm uploading the summary, so like the one minute. Summary of the show, as well as the whole uninterrupted show, onto Rumble, and you can find it. It's just the topping show. Only weirdly enough, it really doesn't work with spaces, so it's just one word. But you'll see my mug, whether you like it or not. Well, I guess you could blindfold yourself, but that'd be a little harder to operate a computer. That'd be a fun life challenge, I guess. But nevertheless, proud to say I'm on Rumble as well. Now, it's a fascinating thing when it comes to Russell Brand in terms of. He still hasn't had his day in court there's and again we can get filings or charges charges could be filed in the next 10 minutes who knows but as of the data that i have right now while i'm recording the show he has no official charges against him and the allegations are again from 15 16 and 17 years ago i believe from these women who are they're alleging that he did the most morally vacuous thing possible and take advantage of them um, in the bedroom or the uh, boudoir tried to try, attempt to keep this moderately appropriate for many ages in terms of the content but it's one of those things where there's no proof yet. Apparently there was a kit taken again 15 plus years ago but I never really was really brought to fruition and oddly enough for, 50, you know, for the past 15-20 years the mainstream media loved him and embraced him and they, they loved how promiscuous he was earlier in life and how morally i I would say morally vacuous he was earlier in life interestingly enough when he started to many people are starting to believe once he started his youtube channel and he was more independent i say youtube channel he has a rumble channel as well of course but once he had more of an independent thought pattern started to question the big powers that be all of a sudden now all these people are coming after him and interestingly enough one of the big arguments that i keep hearing and i tend to agree with is well If his ideals and his show is so bad, you have to, you know, demonetize him. Why do you let him upload at all? And if you look at the terms of service, he hasn't broken any rules for YouTube or Rumble for that matter. But YouTube just immediately demonetized him, which is, again, is disgusting that United States used to be a place where everyone is innocent until proven guilty. And now it seems quite the opposite, unfortunately. And an, even more concerning from a cultural perspective, more and more Americans, I use that in quotation marks, are starting to believe that theory that people should just be guilty day one by accusations. That's ridiculous, to say the least. Now, when you say demonetized, that means you can't make any money off the channel. And when you're someone of that type of channel size, they make their primary living off the channel itself. Now, Rumble, thankfully, actually punched back and in, in terms of a moral investment and again i'm not a financial advisor i mean shoot when it comes to my financial advice my business lost money the first year truth be told uh, my tech company but it's one of those things where i'm not giving stock advice or investment advice this is purely my my two three cents it used to be two cents now it's three cents for the situation the rumble i know a lot of people are starting to invest in that company from a stock perspective just based on morality alone and Just the fact that they're actually sticking for free speech. Because very, very few platforms are doing that these days. Most of them are all about the censorship. And yet, Rumble is saying to the UK government, go take a hike. Which I can't help but admire. And it seems their stock's about, they actually dropped, I believe, under $5 per share. Partially because a couple days ago, the founder and a couple of the executives, a couple of folks, they're allowed to sell stock. When they started the company, we first IPO'd there's certain times when you are not allowed to, they couldn't sell their own shares until a certain date. And I believe last Sunday, or actually two Sundays ago, that date came. So I believe that's one of the reasons the stock stock has dropped. But it's, again, I don't believe they take, I don't think they pay dividends. That's a little disappointing if you're a stock trader, that's something a lot of people look for. But in terms of being a company, a tech company, that stands for freedom, that's few and far in between. But nevertheless, Back to the substance of the news. topic, you have an article from The Guardian highlighting this and Rumble actually punched back and actually sent a response letter to the UK Parliament and this is, thanks. This, this is an article on The Guardian from the Twitter, or X, as some people are calling it now. I'm still, I'm, I'm, I think the jury's still out on how many people will think the new name will stick. Every time I talk to people in conversation, they always, they just keep calling it Twitter. Again, I appreciate everyone's patience as I attempt to make sure the focus actually works as I try to find software that's better for both picture-in-picture and focus. And if you have suggestions, really appreciate it if you put them in the comments as well. So this is Rumble's response to the UK Parliament letter from their CEO, Chris Polofsky. So Rumble says, quote, Today we received an extremely disturbing letter from a committee chair in the UK Parliament. While Rumble obviously deplores... All right, so I'm going to rewind this because I'm going to do a little earmuffs if you have children listening in the car. if you're I don't know if you're listening to this on the road, but if you have children with you, you know, cover their ears. So I'll reset the whole quote here. Quote, Today we received an extremely disturbing letter from the committee chair in the UK Parliament. While Rumble obviously deplores sexual assault, rape, and all serious crimes, and believes that both alleged victims and the accused are entitled to a full and serious investigation, it is vital to note that the recent allegations against Russell Brand have nothing to do with the content on Rumble's platform. Just yesterday, YouTube announced that, based solely on these media accusations, it was barring Mr. Brand from monetizing his video content. Rumble stands for very different values. We have devoted ourselves to the vital cause of defending a free internet, meaning an internet where no one arbitrarily dictates which ideas can or cannot be heard, Or which citizens may or may not be entitled to a platform we regard it as deeply inappropriate and dangerous that the uk parliament would attempt to control who is allowed to speak on our platform or to earn a living from doing so singling out an individual and demanding his band is even more disturbing given the absence of any connection between the allegations and his content on rumble we don't agree with the behavior of many rumble creators but we refuse to penalize them for actions that have nothing to do with our platform. Although it may be politically and socially easier for Rumble to join a cancel culture mob, doing so would be a violation of our company's values and mission, we emphatically reject the UK Parliament's demands. Unquote. I can't help but think they such see a little bit of song drop, like Like a Boss, like you see in the movies. And in terms of responses, it looks like if you look at it, they actually post from Rumble on the Twitter. They got 17.5 million views and not enough likes, but they did get likes. They got 120,900 likes. And ooh, and they brought the receipts. So I'm excited to say they actually they literally put the letter from the UK Parliament in their Twitter hand or in the Twitter responses. Let's see here. We'll, we'll read it out loud. Let's see what those Brits are up to. So this is from the, so this is from the Culture, Media, and Sports Committee, House of Commons, London, SW. Some address I don't care about. They do have a, they do have their own little uh, website, but you know it's not cool because it's not .com, it's a .uk, lame. I'm kidding. I know that's kind of their country's domain. But nevertheless, this is their letter to Rumble. They say these tyrants, I mean, uh, no, no, I mean tyrants. They say, quote, Dear Chris, I am writing concerning the serious allegations regarding Russell Brand in the context of his being a content provider on Rumble with more than 1.4 million followers. The Cultural Media and Sports Committee is raising questions with the broadcasters and production companies who previously employed Mr. Brand. To examine both the culture of the industry in the past and what are the culture that still prevails today, however, we are also looking at his use of social media, including a rumble where he issued his pre-exemptive response to the accusations against him made by the Sunday Times and Channel Four Dispatches. While we recognize that Tumble is not the creator of the content published by Mr. Brand, we are concerned that he may able to be able to profit from content on his platform. On the platform, we would. We would also like to know what Rumble is doing to ensure that creators are not able to use the platform to undermine the welfare of victims of inappropriate and potentially illegal behavior. You're sincerely some tyrant by the name of... Well, li- no way. I'm, I was going to... It used to be a pejorative thing to call women a dame, but apparently her name is Dame Caroline Delingy. And she's the chair of the Culture, Media, and Sport Committee. The chair, I would say, is inappropriate. I would say more accurate would be she is the trash bin calling herself a chair ridiculous since she does not have a leg to stand on morally speaking that's a pun or a joke take it how you like so it is nice to see some companies actually sticking up for a little bit of freedom now my question is what's gonna happen if the UK government tries to ban rumble are people gonna have to use a VPN Will run? Will the UK try to just make it so you can't not you can't have the app anymore, or you can't get to the website? That's gonna be my next question in terms of the battle for freedom, where Elon's had times where he said he's had to acquiesce to certain censorships on Twitter or X because the countries told him if they didn't, they would just get rid of the app altogether. The experience wouldn't exist if they didn't do it. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm really glad that Rumble is sticking up for the right thing, which is, of course, freedom of speech. It'll be interesting to see what's the next battleground in terms of the next steps. Is it going to be another angry letter? Or are they going to specifically threat to take them off the Internet, basically? Just get rid of the whole application? It'll be interesting to see, but I always say time shall tell. Other interesting cultural news, Bud Light attempts to Tweet yet again, and they have the audacity to censor someone for taking a Yangling beer out of a fridge. Really? I was about to think, I can't think of more... That is so pathetic, Bud Light. Now, I shouldn't be too surprised since my personal Twitter profile was actually banned by by Bud Light because I had the audacity to respond to one of their tweets. And I said thanks for the reminder i'm going to go get some gangling. or just got some yingling and i had a picture of a yangling bottle case bottles and a case of gangling light cans with a carbon fiber american flag now subsequently i'm pretty sure the reason that they were so offended was because of the american flag since that's not the flag that represents bud light anymore but they banned me just for that and this video they said we gotta get rid of this video it's not good you can't have people seeing the competition come out of a fridge heaven forbid now the original tweet by bud light was the text saying, you know the drill, now it's time to play for a chance to win prizes. Join now. And all the people with too much time on their hand or just like like freebies too much, but I really debate if they actually build brand loyalty. It's one of the things where they're just encourage gambling and they want you to retweet it and they'll get free crap. Which again is a great example of someone on, It's you, know, you always hear this example in life of how someone could be a winner and a loser at the same time. And having a raffle or having a contest for the winning prize is Bud Light I think is a perfect answer for that metaphor of being a winner and a loser at the same time now they also had the picture where it said you know make your pick and it was a can of Bud Light with a horseshoe on it and a can of Bud Light with a bird on it now thanks to the fact checkers I was able to find out this is a horse trading company and a bird taxidermist company I'm just kidding. I know their soccer teams. Uh, I know my sports balls. So is it, apparently, it's you know, the Colts and the Robins, of course. And I can't help but think those brands maybe their fans really like Bud Light. I can't help but think if I was the owner of that team, I'd, I would try anything to get out of the contract that said they had to do anything with Bud Light. Now, they attempted that tweet. And it looks like they got about 19,900 views. In nine hours, which again, a huge brand. they should be getting millions. Thus far, I've seen them get like one post with a couple million views in the past six months, or six actually no, times gone by too quick. The past eight or nine months is the incident with Dylan Mulvaney. and I can't help but think they probably paid extra to push or promote that tweet. Now, of the 19,900 people who saw this, presumably, probably a couple of people, maybe a couple of thousand people would like it, maybe 10,000, 20,000, well, not 20,000 they're not it's not an election dead people can't i wouldn't think like on twitter maybe but nevertheless they got 164 likes which i think is hilarious because it means not even the people who work there are lucky liking their tweets nevertheless even more interesting it looks like one or two were real so the first comment was actually someone by name of hope thatcher this person said already made my picks I got 20 points from Thursday's game, and they got 583 views, and I got one like. Now, not to brag, but I sometimes get two likes when I do tweet. Not to be too bombastic, but that's pretty good. That's twice as blazers, which is pretty good, 2x. Now, looking at her profile, looks like she retweets for Domino's to get a free gift card. Roku to get a free trial or a free stick. I have no idea what the hell. Slabs and Raw for $25 promo. Another $25 promo. Apparently this married woman, well, she has a child, so presumably she's married. She retweeted someone called Pulte, and that person was saying, lunch on me to someone random who likes this tweet. She also retweeted yet another thing for Roku. Retweeted Batman. A real picture, I'll be damned. She did tweet something original. A cat. The crazy cat lady stereotype persists yet again. It just can't get away from it. And unfortunately she got zero likes out of the 13 people who saw that. And it looks like the rest are retweets, retweets for promos, promos, promos. So, the first person is real. Personality might be the same as a robot, but nevertheless, she appears to be real. So, there's one real tweet, or response to the Bud Light tweet. Another person by the name of Eric said, quote, I misread that. You can imagine what I thought it said first. Make your... And I can't... I misread that you can imagine what I thought it first said so I have no idea what this person is saying if they're trying to make a joke it went over my head just like that they got one like though um, so my name of James Bromley said no thanks getting four likes ooh some by name of Carly said America picks yingling beer person got 16 likes out of 527 views. We have a reliable statistician over Mr. Rich Mooney. He asked people, Bud Light is openly sponsoring the drag group Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence who are, Im- who are famous or infamous for mocking Jesus Christ and Christianity. How will this affect your choice of beer with the two options to vote for being Bud Light for me or no Bud Light for me? Of the 180 people who voted in this poll, results come in that 82.3% of people said no Andrew Bush for me which is quite concerning that because that means of the 181 people who voted 17.7% said they would purchase Bud Light because they support a drag group that mocks religion. I can't help but think or notice in the United States Christianity and Catholicism is the only religion you're allowed to make fun of pejoratively and discriminate against openly such as when Best Buy did it. So this act, they would buy a Bud Light because they mock religion. Interesting Bud Light, interesting approach, but it's not 0%. So maybe the logic for the 18, no, for the two people who still work in the marketing department is they're gonna go after that 17.7%. I don't think that's a prudent business decision because again, even if the growth rates of that community, if the growth rates of that community increase as they have for the past couple of decades. I mean, they'll make them a profit, but it's gonna be 60 years plus. So maybe they maybe they are really, really, really thinking long term. No, I, I just think they're still run by activists. You have someone by the name of Manhouse saying, I choose another beer. Got 17 likes out of 273 views. You have someone by the name of Phil saying my pick is in, and it's a gift. Whereas the youth might say a gif but no relation to jiffy peanut butter, which I can't blame in terms of marketing. What a lost opportunity. How did they not corner the market with the GIF peanut butter GIFs or GIFs? We're we I need to start letting these companies know. I'm f- for sure free, well, I should say available for marketing consultation. But nevertheless, that person got 17 likes out of 408 views. And going down we get to something that is censored it actually says the following media includes potentially sensitive materials heaven forbid we see it but i do dare and i click the button that says view and it's a gif or the as i said the gif a man is just taking what appears to be yangling beer out of a fridge how on earth did they, or just, well, I guess they justified it because they're tyrants. They believe in censorship. But they literally said, we're hiding this because it, it, we think it's, we deem this sensitive. If you, it, we want to be insensitive. So we're going to hide this gif of be our competitor coming out of a fridge. How ridiculous is that? And that is a post or a response by the name of JRM. And he did get three likes out of 167 views. Now, interestingly enough, it looks like the real response is starting to brew to the surface. Pun moderately intended. You have some by name of Amish 1979, which surely that can't be real because Amish aren't supposed to be using computers. Unless well, he's on run, run, run springing up, perhaps. But this person said, Dill Mulvaney got one like. You have a couple of people in the row who just say, pe- oh, I suppose it used to be a pejorative word to say the word the Q word, but apparently now they're saying Q beer. Again, couple likes. Oh, uh, someone's saying the official Bud Light straw release, and it's a hot dog in a in a beer can beer little beer cup from a ball game, and it got the middle you know, the hot dog drilled out. So maybe the sensors getting lax. So they hid the video of someone taking Yelling out of the fridge but not the other stuff. A couple of people saying Miller light, I'm going to pick another beer. A couple of people talking about the taxidermy company saying go Ravens train. Uh, another one saying you support your local brewery. So pretty interesting what well, they're starting to choose to censor, which goes on to our next topic. The censorship continues. Now, it looks like Bud Light former employees are admitting to censoring a myriad of social media in addition to the Twitter sphere. It looks like former employees are admitting that Andrew Bush executive leadership are being so incompetent and the executives are leading from a place of fear, they say. They also note that they are removing all negative comments from social media sites, including Instagram, Facebook, and additionally, addition to the cliche, Twitter, which is fascinating because, again, I need to perhaps embrace more social media and... I can't help but notice, no matter how much they try to censor, the real comments keep brewing the surface. The sweepstakes has worked for a little while in terms of it's a high volume of people who want free stuff. So they'll just put all the free stuff in terms of they'll just retweet it with the little handle that says, if you do this, we might give you a case of Bud Light, which presumably you could use for. uh, What could you use a case? What could one use a case of Bud Light for? I suppose. Um, I was about to say, use it to. What could he use Bud Light for? Kind of cliché to say target practice. I mean, Kid Rock's already done that, and then subsequently, I believe he actually drank a Bud Light later. So Kid Rock has fallen. Although by now he's a grandpa, so maybe he knew he was a phony the whole time. Kid Rock, Grandpa Rock, to say the least. No relation to Dwayne the Rock Johnson, too. I was sure, I was actually a little surprised there, but. When it comes to bud light let me know in the comments what would you do if you won and i use that in quotation marks what would you do if you won a case of bud light would you toss it away would you drink it i suppose gosh that'd be so sad to actually drink that but nevertheless i'm sure people do it sometimes they still have 70 percent of their sales somehow well it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how long the bud light boycott goes and if the sales continue to decrease or Or if it just kind of levels out at 30% less than last year. Let me know in the comments. It would be fascinating to see and hear what you have to say. Going on to the political part of the podcast, you have Biden, as well as Trump, going to go visit the UAW strike on Tuesday. So they're both scheduled to go, and the UAW pretends to withhold their endorsement for the next president of the United States. Now, it looks like, quote, Tuesday, I'll go to Michigan to join the picket line and stand in solidarity with these men and women of the UAW as they fight for a fair fair share of the of the value they help create. The guy, yeah. Unquote. Now, apparently this is tweeted by Biden, but we all know is Karine John Pierre since she's the one who really does the tweets. And I'm not even joking, she actually tweeted something from her personal Twitter profile. And her vocabulary was from the president's perspective. So, needless to say, this is probably from Korean Jean Pierre as well. And she does not even, she's not even a farmer. She doesn't, no pears. She doesn't even bring a pear. Doesn't even have the courtesy to bring pears to the press conferences. All those reporters have to ask her the questions and she has to dodge them like she's playing dodgeball. Doesn't even have the common courtesy to bring them some fresh fruit. Ridiculous. Needless to say, I do give away pizza parties every once in a while my company kind of have to comes with the name but nevertheless it looks like the only re- they claim and this is another quote from the president's trump side quote the only reason biden is going to Michigan on tuesday is because president trump announced he'll be going on wednesday unquote and this is from the trump campaign that giving out a statement last friday now i don't let's see here they say that trump plans to travel to detroit to speak at a rally advertised for Auto workers, as he tries to win back some blue-collar voters who are defected to who defected to Biden to his victory in 2020, Trump has called for a rank-and-file union workers to ignore their leaders. And uh, it's one of those things where I don't know. If tr- I, Trump doesn't drink, so we can't say he's drunk in his thoughts right here. But trying to get the union leaders to vote for to endorse Trump. If you look at the campaign donations from the unions in terms of the United Auto Workers, they were one of the reasons Obama won his presidential campaign. They give a lot to politicians. It's one of the reasons their dues are so high when you join a union, or rather rather when you're coerced to join a union. But the whole purpose of a union in terms of like their, their work ethic, their mentality, they have this relationship with the government that's very symbiotic, especially like the teachers' union, where the teachers' union will get politicians elected and in turn, politicians will give them huge raises and yet students have the lowest tax scores ever but we just gotta keep paying them more and more of course but when it comes to UAW they've been voting and giving money to Democrats for not just like a one or two years we're talking decades the whole culture is from a Democrat perspective I again I see what Trump is trying to do but let me know in the comments I there's no way he's getting the endorsement Sean Fain who is the president of the United Auto Workers He's going to get, he's going to give to Biden. Now, Sean Fain is, he's a politician in and of itself, but it's one of those things where he is really hoping and he's dependent on Biden right now. He wants Biden to come in and rule, rule with an iron fist and have the government force the big three to basically bankrupt themselves by giving the UAW the largest raise in history. Again, the original ask for $80 billion per big three over the four year contract. That's a lot of cash. And before this contract renegotiation, their prices are already the most expensive in the automotive community. Tesla's cost of labor is much cheaper. The car is also much more American in terms of the percentage of parts made in the United States. And granted, a Tesla won't last 10 to 20 years, but would a GM last any longer? I'm only moderately kidding. But I think for sure there's no way, and let me know in the comments. If you're in the UAW, I'd love to hear your experience. Would Sean Fain ever endorse Trump? It it's I don't think it's ever happened before in terms of the UAW endorsing a Republican candidate. It seems to be the an antithesis of their culture. But I think Trump could maybe win a couple of U- union workers who aren't happy with the current leadership. So not if you look at who is voting for and who supports Sean Fain from the union perspective, he didn't win like 99% of the vote. You know, there's always a contiguous battle going back and forth so there are some people who don't agree with his approach with the strike they're not happy they don't think he's going hard enough some, think he, some people think he's going too hard just like in all politics you never get 100 percent of the vote but trump maybe i'll get a couple of blue collar folks back i think again trump needs to do this in terms of moves on the political chessboard. talk about inflation talk about taxes which is the most hilarious ironic thing about uaw they helped get biden elected And Biden's the one banning ICE cars, internal combustion engine cars. The things that make the unions the most money, he's getting rid of. It's a de facto ban. If you look at the EPA, they're raising the fleet averages for tailpipe emissions to such an absurd rate. The only way you could hit those numbers is if you have an EV in your fleet and become more and more EV dependent. It's not the consumers demanding it, it's the government forcing it, unfortunately. So, again, Trump really needs to start emphasizing those two things, is, you know, focus... Focus on every time you get your paycheck, the government's taking 30-40% on federal level, alone. The state's taking another, what, nine to 10 percent depending on where you live? When you buy something at the store, it's another 10% for sales tax. Again, Trump needs to be saying, Biden's been in charge, this, guy, this guy's been in charge for the past four years, how's your paycheck been looking? Look at the taxes, they're huge! That might have been the worst impression you hear all week, but nevertheless, as long as it made you smile and entertain you, I'll be moderately happy. But, Seriously, Trump needs to go to these rallies and say, look at your paychecks. Imagine you've got to keep all of your paycheck. What if a politician again, no one would ever do this, but what if a politician actually said, we're gonna repeal the federal income tax? People in America forget that was that's not that old of a thing. We didn't have it for most of the most of the time the United States has been around. We didn't have a, a bloody income tax. Or I'm sorry, I'm American. We didn't have a goddamn income tax. We killed Brits to get away from the tea tax It's one of the things where World War II came along and the government goes, first they asked for volunteer. You go, hey, if you feel more patriotic, give us a little money, help out for the war. Then they said, hey, we're going to have a temporary fund. We need some income just for the war. We promise when the war is done, we'll we'll stop stealing your money. And of course, that never happened because the government is, there's no such thing as a temporary tax. And then it's been repeated time and time again. I've never seen them go away, unfortunately. So Trump, what if he said, hey, if you like me, I'll repeal the federal income tax. Goes to every one of those blue collar workers and say, well you gotta keep 100% of your money on a federal level. Which the president of the United States presumably could do with maybe the executive order. Now, there's gotta be some mechanism to get rid of that disgusting law that steals 30 to 40 to 50%. So much of your money just stolen from you. At the end of the day, how much of that dollar is really yours? I think you, if you can really emphasize the issues that these blue collar people and I would say all Americans really care about the grocery bills, inflation, again, Biden's been in charge. No, but Trump's really not, I don't think articulating that as much as he could. So maybe this trip could win over a couple of the UAW members. I think that's possible, but really, I think this is just this, in terms of Biden and the UAW, it's a strategic opportunity for the UAW to try to have Biden step in with an iron fist and get them what they want. And it'll be interesting to see. Biden does, I think he's going to get their endorsement by default, basically. And he does, I, people in the, there's all, many different political commentators saying he really needs it because Biden's approvals are going down. But again, the people in the unions have been voting Democrat for so many decades. Does it really matter if he doesn't get this one recent endorsement? Because again, who else is going to, who's prim, who's going to primary Joe? That's another topic in and of itself, but people say there's a lot of support for RFK. People forget that Democrats use superdelegates. There was a time where the American public actually voted. They really wanted Bernie Sanders. That's not what the DNC party wanted. So they rigged it. I mean, used superdelegates for Hillary Clinton because they thought she had a higher odds of success on a national level. So again, that's why I don't think RFK is gonna go anywhere, unfortunately, as much as I appreciate one or two of his ideas. I think realistically, again, the odds are worse to go independent because you need more signatures, a lot of issues there. But I think for him, that's realistically the only outlet. So let me know in the comments at this point, with the incumbency of voting Democrat for decades and Biden having the presidency incumbency as well, do you think the UAW endorsement even matters these days? Again, the members have been voting Democrat for decades, not years. And old habits are hard to break, some might say. So let me know. I can't help but think. Might help Trump a little bit. And in terms of, you know, moves on chessboard, does make Biden look like he's on the defensive, seeing him being more reactive in this situation. But let me know in the comments. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Other interesting political news, you have Vivek's take on Biden's trip to the UAW protest. So this is a little tweet from Vivek. Or, as the youth might call him in college when he was a rapper, Devek, Which, again, Eminem, what a disappointing figure. Instead of actually being a man and fighting me on the streets with a rap battle with Devec, he actually just sent an angry letter to Devec saying, please stop using my music. How pathetic, Eminem. Ridiculous. And he, yeah. Ne- nevertheless, going back to the Vivek, he said, Quote, Biden's trip to protest in Michigan is a smokescreen to deflect... Reality and the UAW strike is just a symptom of a deeper problem, a trifecta of raising prices, raising interest rates, and stagnant wages. American workers deserve answers for horrendous economic policies and civil service protections enjoyed by federal bureaucrats that ordinary workers don't get. The picket line we need is in D.C., not Detroit. That's a hard TRUTH, And he did use all caps for the truth. Go big or go home, some might say. Now, he got about 330,000 views in a little under 10 hours. Not too shabby. And I think he makes a good point in terms of, yeah, one of the biggest costs to the deficit, again, U.S. is $33 trillion in debt, which, again, Democrats and Republicans have both contributed to, thanks to their, I don't know if it's even mental out. I almost wonder if they're doing it on purpose at this point. It's the ultimate example of kicking the can down the street again and again. Not much appetite for solving a problem, unfortunately. Now, when's the last time I actually heard the government cutting the budget a little bit and talking about how they're going to solve that problem? Exactly. Not so much. Now, it looks like the comments, some of the top ones come from Valerie G saying, quote, I agree. I don't know why Biden thinks he can still get away with these shams he's carrying out. No one believes him. She got 31 likes out of 1,900 views. Some by the name of Joss Becker said, quote, The real truth, no matter what deal is made, AI and automation will replace all of these jobs, especially as corporations continue to be pushed to raise wages. We are entering an era unlike any other, and we're clearly not prepared, unquote. A person got 36 likes out of 3,400 views. Now, not to disappoint him too much, but for better or worse, there are some intricate jobs to assemble a vehicle where you do need a human to do it. Now, Tesla is inventing a robot that looks like a human, and like many technologies, the limitation is the battery capacities and how you're going to actually power those devices. So, you'll need some humans to assemble cars for, I would say for at least maybe five, ten years. But... It is also one of those issues. I would probably note in terms of his rebuttal, eh, yeah, yeah, I mean, automation will replace more of those jobs. But yeah, raising the prices, that is one of the reasons they can have to do it as well. Again, even before the, G- the UAW wanted $80 billion in increases of wages and benefits this year for the new contract, they already were paid more than the competition. So the cost of labor is already higher than GM than Tesla, Volkswagen or not Volkswagen. No, well yeah, Volkswagen as well. But Tesla, Toyota, Honda, and those vehicles, if you have a lower cost of labor and more reliable vehicle, that's not that's that's what we call not good. And consumers can tell. There's a reason I have a Honda. Well, it's partially because it also has three pedals and manual transmission, as every vehicle should. But that's just my three cents. We'll see more automation, but you know, I, he does have a good point in terms of one of the reasons they do it is auto, you know, time and reliability and cost. Now, other interesting top comments, let's say Mr. Vincent New York said, quote, I am really starting to like this guy, unquote. And he got 21 mics out of 2,500 views. Let's see, a lot of people saying I agree. Some by the name of Ramesh Saxton saying, quote, Vivek says it as it is. This is the president America needs, unquote. Gentlemen got 61 likes out of 3,900 views. It looks like I'm trying to see if there's any pejorative views here. Right, okay, we've got clear vote insights says, quote, Political show continues, getting one like. It's, uh, someone with, it has a gif that says Biden economics, got two likes. It looks like a majority of the comments are all in support of Vivek. Oh, wait, oh, let's see. Oh, no, 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 that's, that's, that's the same. <laughs> Interesting, uh, let's see. Oh, here's one. Some by name of Tommy that has a Ukraine flag. Now, oh, interestingly enough, I can't Help but guess he's a resident of San Diego. Oh no, he lives in Ohio. But instead of an American flag, he has the Ukraine flag. Which is hilarious because you already know pretty much all this his political at least, probably. Now, Tommy says, quote, The UA strike, UAW strike is about fairness. It, that's it. Corporate executives making millions while workers get a few bucks. You can't support the middle class and be anti-union, unquote. Actually, I'm surprised he did get one like. That's one more than I would think he would get. Uh, is $80 billion fair? And let me know. Do you want me to do a complete analysis breakdown on the executives' compensation packages? Because if you were to actually pay the CEOs nothing, the employees would get an extra couple hundred bucks a year. So it really is apples to oranges. If you increase, and the CEOs pay by 40%, Cost what cost the shareholders maybe a couple 30, 40, 50 million. If you do the same thing for 175,000 employees or 45,000 employees, if you only care about the UAW members of the companies, yes I believe that's 45,000 for Ford, as I believe 40 to 50,000. Nevertheless, that results in billions because again, in aggregate, it adds up. But let me know in the comments. I, Some i have been thinking about doing more and more. I venture to think maybe a couple folks might find it interesting. Other interesting political news. You have the UAW President Sean Fain have a live stream from September 22nd. Only with my charming personality. And no BS censorship. So let me go ahead and I'll pull this up really quick. And, And interestingly enough, they... Let's see here and These are some of my most interesting videos are on this whole fascinating topic partially because I love hearing about responses and commentary from people Who are in all these different industries and all these different experiences and more data the better But it's fascinating to see I actually it's really cool I got to talk to someone on the YouTube who's actually assembling locomotive diesel engines, which I thought was so cool from a mechanical perspective So if you're part of the OW, I'd love to hear your feedback as well as your commentary. And without too much further ado, we'll have his live stream up. And if you do have suggestions for new software that does production, in time, picture in picture, I'd really appreciate it because I'm looking for a new one. I'm currently using a simple software that one of my friends helped set up for me called OBS. And right now I just have it for a single screen. And again, I'm trying to find something that's more seamless and really simplicity is key. And I've tried one or two, but when I do the picture-in-picture, picture, the web, the picture of me crashes, which some might argue is more attractive nevertheless. But if you have suggestions, I'd greatly appreciate it. It's how we make the show better together. And as I scroll through here, we're getting there. And for those who have not been following the topic too closely, Sean Fain is the current president of the United Auto Workers, and they represent, I believe, about a hundred and... Uh, over, what is it? A couple hundred thousand union members throughout the United States, and... Is actually throughout many industries, including aerospace and others. But the United Auto Workers, that's the, the big three, is when we're talking about Ford, Stellantis, and General Motors, the union members who are there are more often than not on the assembly lines, production. All right, and here we go. And, oh, mistake right off the bat. He didn't suit up, as all men should always do, of course. I, I can't see him, actually. You can't see Sean Payne. It's a joke because he's wearing camo. Though it does have the embroidered logo on his chest, so. Eh, what, C- for marketing? I He's not hunting, I'm so confused at the camo. But he does have some standees and posters in the background that say, record profits, record contracts. Which again, Ernie's beforehand. Depending on how you measure the profits, that's another thing in and of itself, since GM sells debt that, like the United States, someday they'll pay off, I'm sure. Let's see, and then another poster says UAW, stand up, saving the American dream. Interesting. Good morning, UAW. He-, he did upgrade. He does have a podium. Although, not to brag, but I made my desk. That's just me.
1: UAW family, before we get started, I want to note a major organizing victory for our union. Last night, 2,900 graduate workers at Northeastern University voted by an overwhelming 94 percent to form their union with the UAW. Congratulations first and foremost to these workers who have fought a multi-year effort against intense employer opposition to win their union and also to regional director Brandon Mancia and lead organizer Josh Gilbert for their great work on this effort. In region one, 400 workers at Lear, the auto parts supplier, just joined Local 155. President William Verdeer and Recording Secretary Sylvanus Thomas worked hard to help bring these workers into our union. From auto to higher ed and everywhere in between, our union is organizing, growing, and building our power. It's not just new organizing, it's on the picket line too our 1400 uaw members at blue cross blue shield of michigan just marked a week on strike for years the insurer has been outsourcing their work
0: <laughs> wow. so why would a company outsource work because they need to make a profit oh yeah i forgot yeah i would blame that on the uaw as well as the minimum wage laws in the united states that's where you saw the real big proliferation of this global economy especially for call centers and customer support where you had to outsource it. Because again, the laws, rules, regulations, costs are so prohibitive in the United States, which I I almost blame people as much as politicians because they vote for the politicians who make the laws that hurt businesses. Nevertheless, back to Sean.
1: Our UAW family at Blue Cross Blue Shield was once 5,000 strong. Today it's shrunk down to just 1,400. And the workers that are left are stuck in a tiered system where it takes 22 years to get to top pay. Our members have said enough is enough, and they are being strongly supported by Secretary-Treasurer Margaret Mock, Region 1A Director LaShawn English, and Region 1D Director Steve Dawes. They are all working together to raise awareness and build public support for this critical fight. Just yesterday, members of Local 259 and Region 9A struck for one day after their employer, an Infinity dealership on Long Island, refused to come to the bargaining table. Management was suddenly quick to move and they have set new dates for the negotiations.
0: (laughs) Infinity? When was the last time anyone bought an Infinity? It's like the most pathetic luxury brand in terms of, they used to make it really cool, I think it was a G37. But, yeah, very few people follow that quote-unquote luxury brand, and even fewer people actually know that Nissan owns it.
1: And at ZF in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, in Region 8, nearly 200 members of Local 2083 who make front axles for Mercedes are on strike after voting down a contract that would have raised health care costs, maintained tiers, and left workers behind economically. They're being supported all out by Region Director Tim Smith, and they will win outside philadelphia our local 644 members at Domedec are fighting for their fair share the company's making a killing but many workers don't make a living wage
0: that is a brilliant. in terms of politics using that phrase and again politics it's a lot about framing and from business perspective i find it fascinating from a marketing perspective using that term fair share is a brilliant use of that word in that vernacular because Inherently, everyone thinks, oh, yeah, fair share. Now, is $80 billion considered a fair share? No, that would back up the companies. But nevertheless, back to Sean.
1: Region 9 Director Dan Vicente, who comes out of Domatic, has their back. And some of you may know, Dan was hospitalized after suffering sudden and severe complications from COVID. But the day he was discharged, he recorded a message of support for his Domatic family. Nothing can keep Dan or our union down. Not far away in Dayton, New Jersey, our local 2326 members at West Rock Packaging are standing strong in their strike. When COVID was at its worst, they worked overtime to make the cardboard packaging that kept our economy going. They made the company and CEO David Sewell rich, but now he wants to slash their health care, and we're not gonna let it happen. In Newton, Iowa, our local 997 members at Fombert are facing down another employer that wants workers to go backwards. Fombert refused to start bargaining until one week before our contract expired. Sound familiar?
0: Familiar is the people who do the slow protest and do the job as slow as possible? Yeah, it kind of does sound familiar now that you mention it.
1: Then the company insisted on cuts to accident and sickness benefits. Our workers aren't having it, and Region 4 Director Brandon Campbell is giving them su- the support that they need. In just over a week, the contract for 3,500 workers at Mack Truck in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Florida is going to expire. Our union family at Mack are fighting back against attacks on health care, a six year progression to top rate, frozen cost of living allowance, and tiers that have left new hires without retirement security. The stand up strike movement is not just about the big three. Everywhere, UAW members in the working class are ready to stand up against corporate greed and stand up for our communities. Finally, I want to lift up our members who have been holding a line at the big three for the past week. Local 2250, Region 4 in Wentzville, Missouri at GM. Local 12, Region 2B in Toledo, Ohio at Stellantis and Local 900, Region 1A, at Michigan Assembly in Wayne, Michigan. They have shown us leadership, courage, and creativity on the picket line. You might have seen some of the videos of music being played on the picket lines or the long lines of Jeeps and Broncos in organized caravans. We salute them, and all I can say is reinforcements are coming. As we've said for weeks, we're not going to wait around forever for a fair contract at the Big Three. The companies know how to make this right.
0: Again, using that term, fair. And then, actually, I say 80 billion. GM actually estimated it cost 100 billion dollars over the course of four years. At a time where before, and they're going to get more no matter what, before this happened, their cost was already the highest in the industry. Making the products that are not the best in the industry, according to most polls, metrics, and surveys. But they want to keep increasing the cost. And the big, I was going to say the 500-pound elephant in the room, the 500-pound panda in the room is the Chinese imports. Because China's been building up their EV fleet. And the U.S. government, they're forcing EVs on everyone. So they're going to increase in quantity. If China can start importing that in the United States at their price points, even Tesla's going to be getting pretty worried about that.
1: The public is on our side. But
0: again, I'm thinking about long-term, the ecosystem. Everyone has their different perspectives and kind of what their thoughts are.
1: And the members of the UAW are ready to stand up. Obviously, we're doing things differently this time around. Our stand-up strike strategy is designed to do one thing.
0: Cripple the business. Win
1: record contracts. Oh,
0: oh, Oh, yeah, sure.
1: After years of record profits. We're focused on moving the companies at the bargaining table. To Mexico. That means maintaining our flexibility and our leverage to escalate as we need to. We can-
0: So fun little fact, just Googling it really quick. Ford Motor Company reported a $2 billion loss in 2022, which attributed to the special items. The company's adjusted earnings before interest the same year, 10.4, one, $10.4 billion. Earnings before, yeah, people always forget EBIT, earnings before interest and tax, which again, ironically, the UAW votes predominantly for one party that raises taxes. So again, Ford lost $2 billion, and the UAW wants $80 billion over the course of four years. So that's two, four, six, eight. So they want $20 billion per year. Okay. Again, I'm no mathematician or I'm no accountant, but I agree a product loss statement Pretty easily. And most of us can. I encourage, look at the 10Ks. They're all publicly traded, easy to find.
1: Can and will go all out if our national leadership decides the companies aren't willing to move. Right now, we think we can get there. Stellantis and GM, in particular, are going to need some serious pushing. <laughs> Obviously, going on strike isn't something we take lightly. And it's not something we do without a clear strategy to win. So let's talk about our strategy at the Big Three and what's happening in negotiations. As you know, we gave our members' demands to the company two months ago. They wasted over a month failing to respond.
0: Now, I also can't but wonder, how many man hours does it take for accountants to actually figure out the cost for these propositions from the UAW? I'm not saying maybe they didn't drag their feet, but I'm asking, that certainly takes some time, or I would supposedly guess. What would the economic impact be if they were to give, again, that $80 billion of the course of 40 contract? How many vehicles start to lose money at that point? Because again, if they're giving away that much money and that much benefits, you have to start to think, well, we have all these different factories, all these different products, all these different costs. A factory in this state costs different to run the factory in this state. They're making a different vehicle here. They're making a different vehicle here. You're paying everyone these different rates. What's gonna affect profitability? Well, all of a sudden this factory become insolvent. Well, because of the new cost in that vehicle, that vehicle maybe being a crossover or a car, cars are usually on average less profitable than trucks and SUVs. Well, if they're making a car like a Chevy Malibu for the 18 people who still wanna buy that, well, all of a sudden they're losing money on that vehicle because of a new cost. So again, it'd be fascinating to see how much data is going into that in terms of trying to calculate where those break even points are, where the new profit points are. How will this affect the price of new vehicles? And if you raise the price of certain vehicles, what is that price to the consumer? Because there there are certain price points, once you go beyond it, consumers won't buy it anymore. So if they have to adjust the price of new Chevy Silverado 1500 XY Banana Falcon trim level, well, what's that price they can keep going before the consumer says no? And then you have to take into account the dealerships. They're gonna market up a certain percentage, and don't get me wrong, that's maybe another topic for another time, because they have the whole market adjustments, everything. So there are a lot of variables is what I'm trying to say is, and I'm wondering, isn't month enough time to take that into account? Granted, GM's a huge company. I'm sure they have many accounts working there, but again, how much time, again, they had 10 demands at the time and GM estimated it to be a $100 billion cost. How long did it take for them to get to that number? Third-party analysts had estimated between 80 to 90 to 100 billion as well. is why i referenced the 80 billion i believe it was Reuters that had that article come out a couple weeks ago
1: there has been some movement and particularly this last week we've made some real progress at ford we're not there yet but i want you to see the direction that ford is going and what we think that means for our contract fight so at ford the rawsonville components and sterling axle employees Will now be on the same wage scale as assembly workers. We have eliminated that entire wage tier.
0: Let me know in the comments if you're part of the UAW. What are your thoughts of eliminating some of those tiers? I, from a capitalistic perspective and from a business perspective, I mean, I pay contractors different rates based on their skill set, their experience, their performance. Do you think everyone should be paid the same regardless of the job? It, Again, that seems unusual for me. Is that common in manufacturing? I, let me know in the comments. I'd be interested to see what you have to say and for that specific um, nego- like the negotiation point they're going with.
1: We've also officially reinstated the cost of living allowance that was suspended wow. in 2009.
0: That's a big you win for them.
1: Family? That's important because many people said this couldn't be done and we just did it.
0: Fiscally speaking yeah that's a big give because not only are giving huge raises but they're gonna get a cost of living that's a big win for the uaw i'm i'm pretty shocked and impressed they got that i can't help but wonder what else ford will acquiesce or how much they can again they just lost what was it two billion dollars in 2022 Jeez, which again is because of the uaw voting for politicians those politicians are pushing evs and you look at Ford's portfolio, they got Ford Blue, which that's the ones that traditionally Ford. Think of the Ford Mustang, the good one with three pedals and a V8. The good old Ford F-150, that's Ford Blue. That's making the profits. You had Ford Commercial, of like the big, big, big trucks. Makes sense for commercial sales. And then you have the Ford EV division. That's losing money every single day. They actually had to readjust their latest estimates of when they'll break even, kicking out that date even further. Which again, don't get me wrong, I believe Tesla took, what was it, six to eight? They only became profitable, I believe, in 2020 or 2022. It's only very recently that Tesla was able to make a profit. It took years. So again, Ford, the EV division of Ford, they might make a profit. But again, they're using it from the Ford Blue. So overall, the company is, you know, they're transitioning, as they all say.
1: We've also won for the first time in our history the right to strike over plant closures during the life of our agreement. Oh jeez. I don't have to tell you Ooh. that this is an important victory in our fight to save our jobs.
0: Ford just shot themselves in the foot with that one. Again, I can't help but think of the old Radio Shack issue. Radio Shack used to be a great American company. You could you could kind of see top right of me. You could see the the CHER that's actually the end of a sign that says Archer Antennas and the top of it actually says Radio Shack. Radio Shack used to be a huge company with quite literally thousands and thousands of locations. Now when they first went bankrupt they bought out by a company called American General and the contingency of the buyout was they weren't allowed to close stores. And unfortunately a lot of stores are close together and many of them were not profitable. So they are bailed out but they had a they had that stipulation they could not close the stores that were costing them money so they went bankrupt that was not the only reason but that was one of the reasons they went bankrupt for good the second time and again when it comes to these factories i'm really surprised ford gave that in but yeah it's one of those things where if you have certain products and again cars are you know it's not apples and oranges i know cars the life cycle of those is much longer than you know radio Shack store But conceptually it's somewhat similar and with these factories, if they're not making money, now they're saying they can't protest the closing of it. That would seem to just prolong it. Though, it'll be interesting to see. I suppose it's only for the part of the contract. But again, these companies are becoming IT companies and IT moves ridiculously fast. So that's another thing in and of itself.
1: Keep families together and keep our communities from being gutted. Also look forward. We've won additional job security for our members in the event of layoff. If that happens, our members, including temporary workers, will now receive income security for up to two years with health care.
0: Jesus. ridiculous ridiculous We have again. moved
1: forward off of their concessionary formula to cut profit sharing and instead wanted an enhanced profit sharing formula that would have resulted in a 13.3% increase for average employee and payouts last year. We've won the immediate conversion of all current temps, and all temps will have profit sharing after 90 days' service at Ford. Wow. And there are no concessions on the table. All that represents serious movement on tiers, on cost of living, on pay, and on job security. But to be clear, we're not done at Ford. We still have serious issues to work through. It's never enough but we do want to recognize that ford is showing that they're serious about reaching a deal at gms Stellantis, it's a different story we have won a serious victory at cca and gmch and we have killed those wage tiers those workers will now be on the same wage scale as assembly workers
0: they're- again let me know in the comments especially if you're part of the uaw what are your thoughts on these wage tiers? do you like them or do you not like them? Do you think certain jobs have different, more valuable skills, or is everyone the same? Kind of eh, reminiscent of a uh, Soviet Union, but some might say that. Ah, uh, but I'll continue.
1: First offer was a zero percent raise for those workers, but without cost of living allowance, without strong job security, those gains aren't protected. Both companies are still. Offering a deficient cost-of-living allowance that is projected to provide zero increases over the next four years
0: Uh, Does do you have a cost-of-living adjustment? Like I didn't have that when I had a job in the tech industry back when I used to work for someone else is that really common I I can't think of many industries that that's a thing where you're getting not only is your salary going up your wages are going up but you also get a cost-of-living adjustment, too which is also somewhat ironic that again, They're voting for people that are causing this, many of these problems.
1: Both of those companies have rejected all of our job security proposals. Both GM and Stellantis have rejected our profit sharing proposals.
0: Yeah, well guess, another thing that those companies are different than Ford, they went bankrupt in 09. GM for like the third time, which is kind of sad. Billy Durant founded the company, joining together Buick and Oldsmobile way back in the day, built it up great depression or I believe, was, uh, I believe it was the great depression went bankrupt then he had a team up with a french race car driver by the name of louis chevrolet then they started selling consumer cars built that up bought gm back unfortunately went bankrupt again and unfortunately billy Durant apparently died managing a bowling alley and then they built up the company then in 09 they're bankrupt again so gm they sh- of all the companies that needs to be concerned about their cost it's general motors because statistically speaking they just keep going bankrupt. And, yeah, Chrysler went bankrupt so bad they were bought up by a European company. That's why they're called Stellantis. Or it's probably called something You probably probably supposed to be pronounced in Italian or something like that. Stellantis, or something to that effect. But, and that's a huge company in and of itself because they own not just Chrysler, which Chrysler owns Jeep, Dodge, but they also have Stellantis owning all, a bunch of European companies including Fiat, and Fiat, you know, stuff that it's a huge conglomerate. So I'm not surprised that those two companies are especially concerned about giving the UAW a lot of these benefits, because again, that was a contributing factor that helped, led to them going bankrupt in 09.
1: And both companies have rejected our proposals to convert temps.
0: Yeah, so it, today- that would also defeat the purpose of temps. If, if they become, if they're going to become permanent employees, he's, I would argue they're literally robbing the opportunity Of people to join a company as a temp to go and become full-time because a business is not going to get a temp if they have a gun to their head saying oh yeah now they have to become full-time just like increasing the price of minimum wage and getting rid of free internships they're just robbing opportunities of people that don't have a certain skill set but I moderately digress
1: day at noon Eastern time all of the parts distribution facilities at General Motors and Stellantis are being called to stand up and strike. Oh.
0: They will be
1: striking 38 locations across 20 states.
0: It is entertaining. So, of course, in censory, in a, what's a fancy way of saying censorship? In a draconian fashion, they shut down the comments, so you can't see those. Or the likes or dislikes. But they are having the live chat. And it is militaristic to say the least. So, I mean, Sean's doing what many of his members want. But yeah, they're saying, show them the pain. Oh, a couple of contrarians. You have someone by the name of Joseph Ilozzecki saying Sean Fain just wants the money for him, which, yeah, Sean, being, Sean Fain, like a divorce lawyer, they make a lot of money because of the conflict. There's an incentive to cause conflict. If everyone's happy and lucky go, like a nice relationship should always be between employers and employees. Well, you don't need that lawyer driving a wedge between you to profit and make, what is it, $180,000, $200,000 a year?
1: It's ...across all nine regions of the UAW. At General Motors, we call on the CCAs at Pontiac, Willow Run, Ypsilanti, Davison Road, Flint, Lansing, Cincinnati, Denver, Hudson, Wisconsin, Chicago, Reno, Rancho Cucamonga, Fort Worth, Martinsburg, Jackson, Charlotte, Memphis, and Philadelphia to stand up and go on strike. At Stellantis, we call on the parts distribution centers. At Marysville, Centerline Packaging, Centerline Warehouse, Sherwood, Warren Parts, Quality Engineering Center, Romulus, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Denver, Chicago, Los Angeles, Portland, Atlanta, Winchester, Orlando, Dallas, New York, and Boston to stand up and go on strike. The plants that are already on strike will remain on strike. That's Local 2250 at GM Wentzville, Local 900 Ford Michigan Assembly, and Local 12 at Stellantis Toledo Assembly. We invite and encourage everyone who supports our cause to join us on the picket line. From our friends and families, all the way up to the President of the United States, we invite you to join us in our fight. The way you can help is to build our movement and show the companies That the public stands with us and stands with our elected national negotiators
0: (laughs) that's one of my favorite fascinating things when you look at sample sizes and just different different areas of social media it's fascinating when i'm on youtube it looks like the comments are more often than not in terms of the comments being negative or positive more often than not they're more pro-union and when it comes to facebook it seems to be i'd say a little bit more pro-union but then like on LinkedIn, when I do a survey there, is much more pro long-term business, say profitable, less union. And actually truth be told, when I did a poll asking, you know, will this increase of $80 billion per for a year, would that bankrupt the union or would it bank up the big three? Majority of the people said, yes, it would, coming in at 71%. Now granted the sample size was about I was 65 people, So small sample size, but it's interesting to see the different audiences on different mediums and the different perspectives you get. But in terms of like, in terms of the average public, I just think of the average mom and pop who can barely afford to pay rent, barely put food on the table because of the inflation the government caused, which again, be careful who you vote for, but they can barely afford a new vehicle. Who has the highest cost of labor right now? It's GM, it's Ford, it's Stellantis. Stellantis, as maybe some might say, they want to be really fancy, pinky high. And this is going to increase even more. So, what do you think? Does the average person in the United States support the UAW? Is it a 50 50 split? As many political issues sometimes come down to? If that's ANC, I'm wondering, we'll see what people say in the comments this time. It'll be interesting.
1: As promised. We're expecting to stand up strike in response to the lack of progress in bargaining with General Motors and Stellanus. We will shut down parts distribution until those two companies come to their senses and come to the table with a serious offer.
0: Also, another great time to drive a Toyota or Honda, because if anything goes wrong, the dealerships, they still have parts. And interestingly enough, the parts last a long time.
1: The members who will join the stand-up strike today are living testament to one of the injustices we are fighting against at the big three, tears. At Stellantis and GM, under the current Mopar and CCA structures, workers at parts distribution centers are permanently stuck on a lower wage scale. For workers hired after 2015, top pay maxes out at just $25 an hour, and it takes eight years to get there.
0: $25 an hour is pretty good depending on where you live, too. But taking eight years. So, again, let me know in the comments. What are your thoughts? Tears yay or nay?
1: GM has offered to bring those workers into an assembly wage scale, but without cost of living and job security like we've won at Ford, those members are still at serious risk. This week, the president of GM wrote an op-ed talking about how supposedly great the wages are for of their workers. We fight for 100% of our members.
0: Oh, as a perfect politician. We fight for 100%. Nothing bad. Yeah, 100%.
1: We are committed to ending tears across the board. That's just one of our core issues that we're still fighting for as we continue our stand-up strike.
0: So would he... Again, let me know in the comments. Would it be preferable every single person gets paid the exact same rate regardless of experience or skill set again let me know in the comments that i I, i will probably start doing some polls as well maybe
1: so at noon eastern today all parts distribution centers at general motors and Stellantis will be on strike this will impact these two companies repairs operations and our message to the consumer is simple. The way to fix the frustrating customer experience is for the companies to end price gouging. Invest these record profits into stable jobs and sustainable wages and benefits. It's that...
0: Sustainable? That's the debate, really. But did he just say price gouging? Really? Wait a minute, I gotta rewind that.
1: for eighty-five percent of their workers
0: yeah yeah, hundred yeah. Yeah, percent yeah
1: we fight for a hundred percent of our members and we are committed to ending tears across the board that's just one of our core issues that we're still fighting for as we continue our stand-up strike so at noon eastern today all parts distribution centers at General Motors and Stellantis will be on strike this will impact these two companies repairs operations huh. and our message to the consumer is
0: so don't forget the American people if you need parts you're not going to get them too easily
1: simple the way to fix the frustrating customer experience is for the companies to end price gouging invest these record profits.
0: price gouging that's the dealers so when they're when you go to the dealership and you see a $15, 000, twenty twenty thousand dollar market adjustment, they can't control that. By the contracts that are written right now, GM can't go to the, General Motors can't go to the Chevy dealership down the street and tell them, Hey, you can't do that. It's a separate business, separate company. And there's certain stipulations on how you can dictate it. One way to perhaps fix that in the future would be a direct sales model. Now the issue with there is most States, they get a lot of their funding. From the sales tax on new vehicles, so the states have a big incentive to keep the dealerships in business. So there's a little incentive. There's a little incentive there, as things are currently set. And again, when it comes to price gouging, the manufacturers they've been increasing the price of some vehicles, but I again, let me know in the comments has the MSRP on vehicles changed that dramatically? Something to think
1: about. Into stable jobs and sustainable wages and benefits. It's that simple. This expansion will also take our fight nationwide. We will be everywhere from California to Massachusetts, from Oregon to Florida. And we will keep going, keep organizing, and keep expanding the stand-up strike as necessary. Across the country, people are going to know that the UAW is ready to stand up for our communities and ready to stand up against corporate greed. And I know more of you are ready to walk. I've seen incredible strike-ready demonstrations across the country, Local 551 and Local 862. We see you. Spring Hill, I know you're ready to go. And Kokomo, stand ready. Stick with us and be prepared. I've also heard of the members standing strong on the job. Remember, it's your right to refuse voluntary overtime. Under an expired contract, management has fewer rights to make unilateral changes. If you see something being changed in your workplace without bargaining, please head to uaw.org slash standup and report it. You are our eyes and ears. Our greatest protection we have is each other, and we won't let the big three break the law. Finally, I want to remind all of you of one thing. The world is watching, and the people are on our side.
0: The world is watching, I'll give them that much. Are the people on their side? Do you at home want the price of the vehicle to go up by uh, quite a bit? Are you are you happy you might not be able to repair your car, if you do drive a GM or a Stellantis product? We've are, seen pull- are are you someone who appreciates part of the price you're paying for that vehicle is electing politicians that are forcing EVs on us and increasing the cost of living? Something to think about.
1: Poll after poll come out saying the American people support what we are doing. In fact. Polls say support for our strike is growing. That's across parties, across ages, and across all kinds of people. And it's not just the U.S. Obviously, we've been in close contact with our Unifor family in Canada, and I know that all of you have been cheering them. Their fight is our fight. We've been in close contact with our Mexican Union counterparts who have held demonstrations in front of GM offices in Mexico City. In Italy, 6,000 Stellanus workers recently went on strike. To our Italian Union family, your fight is an inspiration. We support you, and your struggle is our struggle. From South Africa to Malaysia, we continue to receive letters and messages of strength and support, encouraging our members to hold the line and win big. And we will. So now it's time to hit the picket lines across the country. It's time to show the companies we are united and we are fired up and we are ready for a record contract. It's time to stand up against corporate greed. It's time to stand up for our communities. UAW family, I'll see you on the picket line.
0: May the comment section begin. Although not on that video, because of course they turn off the comments and the likes. You don't know how many people liked it. Could be two, could be three people, we don't know. Now, 73,000 people did tune in to live stream, interestingly enough. Now, let me know in the comments. Do you think, is the tide turning? Do most of the American public now support the current boycott? Or is it a 50-50 thing? Is it coming, coming along poverty lines as a political issue? Let me know in the comments. I'd be fascinated to see what you have to say. Other interesting political news you have Vivek Ramaswamy tweeting on the good old Department of Education, getting 466,000 views in a mere seven hours. Now, it looks like this is actually a clip from Mr. Secretary Gardona saying that he doesn't have. Too much respect for parents who have been misbehaving at school boards. Well, perhaps because you're transitioning their kids without their permission and having them hide morally vacuous secrets from them as well. And looks like he says, oh yeah, they're acting like they know what's right for their kids. Let's listen to this morally, mentally vacuous gentleman. There was civility. We could disagree. We could have healthy conversations. Um around what's best for kids i respect differences of opinion i don't have too much respect for people that are misbehaving in public and then acting as if they know what's right for kids there was civility yeah Yeah. so Vivek says quote parents know what's best for their kids not the u.s secretary of education at secretary cardona i will shut down the u.s department of education without apology and use its 80 plus billion budget on school safety, school choice, and vocational programs instead of foisting toxic ideologies onto kids." That's perhaps one of the best tweets he's done recently, and I think it's going to resonate with a lot of the voters who are quite concerned with how schools are quote-unquote teaching. I use quotation marks quite literally there because the test scores go lower and lower and lower, and yet the unions, the good old teachers unions, who... Elect politicians with a lot of funds that they collect they just want more and more money and they're teaching kids have nothing they're teaching kids about sexual ideologies things have nothing to do with history science which is perhaps why the test scores are so low now when it comes to the comments section you know someone by the name of danger miss disinformation at retired crime dog this person said quote this seriously needs to happen ed department takes millions and wastes it, we parents are taking our back our districts one at a time, and I don't have any respect for a bureaucrat that doesn't support parents. It looks like she got sixty two likes out of two thousand one hundred views. Another one responded to her by the name of Sabron saying, quote, You bet parents should have the, the say in their children's education, and bureaucrats need to respect that, unquote. This person got eight likes, out of five hundred views. it looks like someone by the name of Brian Hastings says, quote, U.S. federal employees, 1980, counted for 16 million. And today, they have 24 million. Note, every memo was done with a typewriter in the 1980. There should be 12 million federal employees max, unquote. person got 13 likes out of 950 views. This person named James Wilbur responded to him saying, quote, Twelve million, really? We need to reduce the size of the government and send most work back to the states. That way, the Constitution—the way the Constitution says it should be. Unquote. This person got five likes out of one hundred and forty-eight views. As I scroll down here, someone says, by the name of, in your face says, parental input matters. Unquote. That person got twenty-five likes out of sixteen hundred. It looks like more and more. Uh, let's see here. Someone by the name of Ty, other kinds of money, saying, quote, ending large bureaucracy will benefit the country. It will free up funds that will go directly to the schools and people. Person got 33 likes out of 1700 views. Someone says, someone by the name of Ice Champ says, 80 plus billion, and I know teachers who have to pay to buy supplies for their classrooms, unquote. Person got five likes out of 470 views. So interestingly enough, I'm trying to see, as I scroll through, I really don't see any, let's see here, anything too pejorative or, or against the original post. Needless to say, I think this could be, seems to be one of those winning arguments where, again, if he keeps highlighting, the, highlighting that issue, I think a lot of the parents are starting to realize the type of morally vacuous things that teachers have been showing children these days, and they're starting to wonder, yeah, why, why is my tax dollars going to this again? And I think school choice is going to be a big topic for the next presidential election. Let me know in the comments if you heard anecdotally through your experiences. Have you heard more of your, of your friends talking about this? More of your friends homeschooling their kids? That's a trend I've certainly seen on a local level. It'll be interesting to see if that becomes the next big political topic. Going on to the business blunder of the day. You have Costco to recall about 50,000 mattresses. Now, this is because of a manufacturer by the name of FXI Inc. How inspirational. Who wouldn't want to work for FXI? But, nevertheless, even though they get a C- for marketing, they initially announced the recall of the Novaform Comfort Ground 14-inch mattresses and Novaform Dream Away 8-inch mattresses in June and issued a joint press release with the Consumer Product Safety Commission on last Thursday. According to FXI, the recalled mattresses could be exposed to water during manufacturing, leading to potential mold development. The presence of the mold can pose a health risk to people with mold allergies. It could damage lungs or compromise immune systems, the CPSC said. Now, according to the Center for Disease Control Prevention, symptoms of the mold exposure can be can vary, but skeptically, or typically include burning eyes, respiratory problems, such as coughing, wheezing, and skin irritations. They want to say that approximately 48,000 Novaform, Comfort Grande, and Dream Away mattresses are impacted by the recall. Consumers have been advised to contact FXI at 888-886-2057 or go to this website for a full refund or free mattress replacements, which does include free pickup and disposal of the recalled mattresses and free delivery of the new mattress as well. Which, not the best value from Costco this time. They're usually very good about getting the best value for their customers and getting the lowest price point as well, most, more often than not. But... concerning to have something that you literally use quite literally every single day that could quite possibly actually be killing you that's and thankfully doesn't sound like there's any anyone who has deceased from this yet so thankfully they're getting a little bit they're getting somewhat ahead of the recall in that regard but yeah to make mattresses and they turns out to be a deathbed that's that's definitely gotta be the business blunder of the day Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to tune. I greatly appreciate it. Also, taking the time to comment helps the channel grow and develop. Don't forget we're giving a free flamethrower with every July, or actually, well, time flies, with every September purchase at toppingtechnologies.com. Click the website for additional details. Also, thank you so much. I really appreciate the feedback. If you can take the time to click that subscribe button, try to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of the month. So I greatly appreciate you clicking that button. Also, don't forget to take the time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, Heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.